This is the Horse Radio Network. Hi, everyone. Glenn the Geek here with the Horse Radio Network, and you're listening to Episode 3 of the HRN Auditor Roundtable, the show where we get a few of our HRN auditors together to talk about horses and life. We are putting this episode out on the Stable Scoop radio show feed for all to hear. It's kind of like eavesdropping on the tack room conversation uh, when they don't know you're listening. I am here as the facilitator. We'll ask the questions and sit back and relax like the rest of you and listen in. Uh, what is an auditor? Well, an auditor is somebody who has seen value in the Horse Radio Network and is headed over to horseradionetwork.com, clicked on the auditor banner in the middle of the page, and and really donates about a, a dollar or more a month to the cause to keep the Horse Radio Network afloat. And also, 50% of that money gets divided up amongst the hosts who make large sums of money in podcasting, let me tell you. Um, I was being very, very sarcastic there. <laughs> As they'll all tell you, so uh, we, you know, we partly do this because we love doing it, and uh, we like hanging out with all of you. And our auditors certainly help make that possible. So thank you to all our auditors. We're going to meet three auditors tonight who are going to have a conversation, and we have diverse backgrounds here, and I like this. And we also have diverse locations. We have Dr. Ellen, who is our, one of our favorite doctors from all of New York City. Hi, Dr. Ellen. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks very much. We like calling her Dr. Ellen because we just like knowing that there's a doctor that listens to the shows. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there are many of us. You're our token (laughs) listener from New York City. I don't know of any others. I'm sure there are some, but you're you're the one that we know about. Yeah, I'm the one who likes to call in and listen right from my office, and I am truly located right in midtown Manhattan. I don't know when you get any doctoring done. Oh, you see, all the time. Patients <laughs> like to listen also. Okay. It's on the iPad right in the uh, reception area. You're not a psychiatrist, are you? No, no, no. Because that'd not. be like we're torture, forcing them to listen in the office there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, you know, it's a diversion for them. And many people here in New York City don't know about horses. So when they start to hear about them and what they do and, and find out there are so many facilities nearby, they get really excited. That's really, really cool. That and but you know yeah. you don't keep your horses in the city because not many people do. No, no, no. Where do you no, keep I'm them? Truly, you see, I'm truly a city and country gal. I was born and raised in New York. Did not grow up with horses, and it was something that my daughter got into maybe about five or six years ago. My horse boards upstate in a, a town called Gardner, about an hour and a half out of the city. We have a country home up there, so that's the country gal part of me. And we're in the Catskill Mountains, and he's oh, cool. um. He's about 17 years old, and he's a New Forest Pony Quarter Horse mix, and he's just great. Even for me, because I'm an older rider, didn't start to ride until only a few years ago, and my trainer just goes along with me, and I do my walk trot, and I'm perfectly happy. Well, then you were thrilled when you heard Jamie do her her, uh, update on the DNA from Thor, her, her Mustang. Oh, my gosh. New Forest Pony. It had a New Forest Pony in there. That is right. That's right. That was fabulous to see because that's unusual. That was so cool because it's not something we expected for sure. Yeah. Now, now yeah. I saw you posting about a tornado in New York near your horse. What happened? Oh, my gosh. Um, last Friday, we got a tornado warning. I had just come up to the house from the city, 
I was upstairs and the tornado warning was on my phone and I looked out the window as the storm was coming over the mountains. And I just started yelling to my daughter, get in the mudroom. My neighbors had gone into the basement and you could see the, the wind swirling on the back deck and it lasted for a full eight minutes. I was very lucky. My neighbors were not so lucky. All the trees came down on their trailer, on their home. The horses were good. Now, I have horses right next to me also. They're not my horses, but my neighbors. And they went into their uh, their little stable, and they seemed to be fine, but it was just pretty scary. Who thought tornadoes in Ulster County in New York? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, I'm glad everybody was okay. You know, that's something so that... So am I. You know, tornadoes, I think, for me, are, are the scariest. I've, I've lived through most natural disasters, and they're just scary, because you don't know when they're coming. You don't know if they're going to hit you. It's just scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hurricanes now, also. Well, now we're going to head a little bit north, and we're going to go up, and uh-huh. we're going to visit Ken in Canada. Hi, Ken. Greetings. So good to uh, talk to you. Now, Ken, uh, tell us a little bit about you and your horsey self. Um, well, I guess I started riding when I was uh, 14. And um, when I was a little bit older, teenager, I um, was a working, full-time working student, and I uh, vented. And I guess I've been back riding now for the last um, six, seven years. And I've been mostly doing uh, dressage and a little bit of jumping. And what did we see you post last week? Oh, yes. I did a show for the first time in 20 years. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Congratulations! <laughs> so what kind of show and how'd it go? Uh, it was actually a, uh, like a horse trial. Um, so what they had here was the dressage was uh, judged, the show jumping was judged, but the cross country was optional, uh, which I did do. Um, so it's kind of like um, a one day event, kind of. Yeah, 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 it's all done one day. Yeah. So how'd it go? It was um, um, fun and terrorizing, all <laughs> all wrapped up in one. <laughs> Boy, it's all different. Forgot, everything's different when you get older, isn't it, Ken? <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. I forgot just how much preparation and work is involved. Yeah, and how much stuff, and how much just everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, so you got safely around the course. Yes. Yep. And you didn't jump yep. out of the dressage ring. No, no, no. no. It was a success that way. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Those are the little <laughs> things that you count that you uh, that you hope for after twenty years off. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're, now. Were you thrilled? Were you excited? Were you nervous? When you ended the day, did you say you wanted to do it again? Uh, all I would say all of the above, because <laughs> it certainly is uh, nerve-wracking um, and a little bit stressful, and you know. Um, but yeah, I would definitely do it. Do it again. Tell us a it little. It was worth it in the end. Tell us a little bit about your horse. Um. I have, uh, he just turned seven, uh, Clyde Thoroughbred Cross, and um, uh, he's uh, gelding, obviously, and um, he's fantastic, Uh, very calm, level-headed, easy to train. um, God, he's built like a tank, too. He got a lot of the Clyde in there. Yeah, Yeah. well, he's 
seventeen hands. So yeah, he's wow. and he's good looking. I was looking at your picture, going, "Oh, that's a cool draft cross." Uh, yeah, he got the coloring of the Clyde too. He's chrome all over. He's really good looking. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, lots of chrome. Very cool. So, how long have you been listening to Horse Radio Network? Um, I would say I've been listening for probably the last four or five years. And which shows? Um, Horses in the Morning, Stable Scoop, um, and the Dressage uh, radio show mostly. And then the other ones um, kind of here and there. Okay, very good. Well, let's meet our third, uh, I almost said contestant. Um, <laughs> let's... What do we win? <laughs> I'm so used to playing game shows on the horses in the morning. Let's meet our third auditor, Mona, who is from Georgia, right up the road from me. Yep. How are you, Mona? Letting my butt off here in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little toasty. It was over 100 here today. So, Mona, tell us a little bit about yourself and your horsey experience. Okay. Well, I started riding when I was like seven in Germany. My mom was a dressage trainer and a Grand Prix level rider. And I rode over there for a few years and then we moved to the States and I got my first horse with a Morgan Cross. And I had her for a while until I was 15 and I got out of horses and I haven't owned one since then. I'm turning 30 this year and I have barely sat on a horse since then. Are you getting the itch? Uh, well, I have been for a few years. It kind of doesn't leave you, you know? Yeah. As much as you want to leave it behind and pretend it didn't happen, because uh, we, had, we had kind of a traumatic experience with the horses. So um, I kind of tried to forget it, and I couldn't forget it, and it doesn't leave you. So I started searching, and I found Stable Scoop. And Stable Scoop kind of gave me the nerve to go and try it again, kind of for lessons. Oh, good. That's terrific. That's good to hear. And I know you listen to a number of the shows, right? Yeah, I listen to the Stable Scoop and um, Horses in the Morning and the Eventing Radio Show, especially in April, and um, the Dressage Radio Show, and sometimes the Driving Show. And I used to listen to the Western Show. You know, we have a lot of listeners who don't have horses, and they get their horsey fix through through the Horse Radio Network, and that thrills me as much as the people who do have horses, uh, yeah. because that we can provide that little bit of an outlet when we've all had times in our life when we haven't had a horse. So, uh, you know, we at least it's an outlet for that. So that's cool. Yes. Nothing worse than being a horse girl without a horse. Yep. <laughs> that goes for boys, too. That goes for boys, too. <laughs> well, uh... Let's uh, let's do this. Let's get started with uh, with some of the things that you guys wanted to talk about, and one of those things was I know I know uh, Mona that you wanted to chat a little bit about about not having a horse, and what what was that about? What what do you want to chat about there? Well, I find it hard in my life. I mean, I'm a stay at home mom, so you would think I had a lot of time on my hands. But I don't. I have three kids, and my husband's a firefighter, so when he's off work, we try to do stuff together. And I just find it really hard to find time and money and energy to go to the barn. Because, I mean, we don't have the like the property to keep horses, and we don't have the finances to buy a horse right now. So I was just wondering if anyone else dealt with that, trying to find time and money to just actually be horsey beyond, you know, getting magazines in the mail. I think one option would be to lease a horse, 
because I know, at least around here, um, there are a lot of horses that are available uh, to lease or to part board even, because um, a lot of owners don't have time. They own the horse. Um, that, that would certainly be a, a viable option. Sure. Also here in New York City, what happens is people don't realize that there are horses and different stables around. And when we were looking, we didn't know the first thing about it. And we started just looking around locally. We went to, um, we have a New York State Horse Council here in New York who tells you all the different facilities that are around. And you just go there and you, you take a pony ride or a lesson with the kids. Um, there's mm-hmm. a camp here in Manhattan for kids too. And that's actually just donations. So you just have to look around in your area to see if there are options and start with pony rides with the kids or just grooming. Kind of ease your way back in, I guess. Well, you know, too, I think, too, there's a lot. You're not the only one. There's a lot of especially females out there, moms out there who 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 do take time off. Um, you know, yeah. they they, you know, get out of horses for a period of time for whatever reason. And. Uh, at about the age of 40 is when we see them start coming back in. I, you know, our listener base, a majority of them are that group between 40 and 55 years old. And, you know, 95% female. Ken and I are the only males. Um, so, so, uh, so, so I wish I had known about this whole horse girl thing when I was a teenager, let me tell you. Um, but, yeah, so I think you're not the only one, that's for sure. And, you know, just keep in it as much as you can and if you can find a barn nearby that you can spend a little bit of time at even with the kids you know yeah um uh-huh. i think it's a tough time what the age you're at right now with the kids the age they're at is is your toughest time uh yeah especially when you have three of them you know uh, i'm sure there's lots of barns who would appreciate even some volunteer help um because there's always lots of work to be done, you know, especially if they have a, a school or something like that. You know, I'm sure they have lots of horses that need to be groomed and cleaned up and, and you know, that kind of handling and stuff like that, where the owners uh, don't have the time for all the horses that they have. Um, and that wouldn't cost you anything at all. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I have looked into that. Unfortunately, we also happen to be right near um, Savannah, which has the uh, the College of Art and Design, and they have an equestrian program. So a lot of those students head out in the summer and look for volunteer opportunities. Sure. So there is a competition. Yeah. yeah. Usually, but don't lose it's your faith. Somehow you'll work it into your schedule. And yeah, and before you know it, it takes over your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and then you bring the kids with you the way Jamie does. <laughs> right. We hear what it, it looks on the phone all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if there's anyone in Savannah listening, any barn owners, but having a daycare or a playground handy, that would be Ooh. Good. Ooh. You know, that would take a big barn, I think, uh, to be able to have that. Um but I you know, they're probably out there too. I don't know about Georgia, but they're probably out there too. There might be another mom who could come and join you and you trade off. I'm watching the kids yeah. maybe in the viewing area. I've done that at Arborn. When other moms have come in, I've stayed with the kids in the viewing area when the mom has ridden or is with another child. That's a possibility. Maybe something that you could start at a local Ooh. barn. Yeah. 
dedicating out a short period of time to change you know, in your schedule. Interesting. That's a great idea. I'll have to do some Googling tonight. There you go. Well, Ken, well, we're going to change the gears a little bit here. You wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is uh, how everything for horse people costs double. <laughs> yes, it always seems to be that way. <laughs> it's like regardless what it is, it's, it's at least double the price. God, it's got to be triple or quadruple where Ellen lives. <laughs> well, yes, but I do have a theory about that. What I tend to do is I make a list of the things that I need, and then I'll buy them. But I make a, a wish list, and we have horse auctions up in Ulster County. So you get invited to a local barn, and you have a list of things that you want to buy on your wish list. And you can get them at reduced prices at an auction. And I just went to my first one a couple of weeks ago. It was fun. I got a new dressage saddle pad. I got more buckets. I got a whole bunch of items at a reduced amount, and that was hmm. a great thing. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if they have that in Canada, but they sure have it here in upstate New York. Yeah, I usually try to go to sales and stuff like that, and some things like um, fly spray, um, I always stock up on when it goes on sale. But yeah. one one thing being um, – a guy, which of course is a very unique problem, is trying trying to find riding stuff for guys. Is Shoes next especially right? Yeah. Tall boots. Oh my goodness. I know. I have been I have been literally looking for months to find a pair of dress tall boots that won't put me in the poor house. If you're a woman, you can walk into any tax store and buy one, no problem. Walk in, walk out, find one, no problem. Basically, the only option for me at this point is to get a custom pair made. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, they oh, only okay. cost like like $1,500 for a custom pair. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I, got a pair, with, I got a pair of breeches I only wear yeah. once yeah. I can send to you. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're hard to find too. When I do find them, I always stock up on them. You mean you don't like hot pink riding tights? Um, not particularly, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ken actually looks good in breeches, though. I, you know, I, I, there's very few guys that can pull them off. I just can't do it. I have to disagree with you. I like breeches on just about anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to get my husband to get a pair, and he won't. <laughs> I'm with him. I'm with him. <laughs> we don't even Ladies. have a horse. That's his excuse right now. <laughs> Ladies behave. <laughs> I'm with him. <laughs> Ellen, what did you want to talk about tonight? I wanted to talk about um, the therapeutic value of horses. Because that was one reason why I was so drawn to them um, in the sense of when I uh, walk into a barn, there's a characteristic smell to that barn, and it just gives me such a sense of peace. And it's not, it's not just the barn upstate uh, that I board at. It happens to be a beautiful barn in a small town. It's even the barns here. If you walk into the local, even the uh, the horse carriage stables here, 
um, that's just a familiar smell of the horses, of the feed, of the hay, and it's a um, it's a heady thing for me. I don't know if the others feel that way too when they're in their barn or where they're when they're around the horses, and also just grooming the horse. Sometimes I'll be just so busy and tense, and I'll drive out of the city up to the house, and the first thing I want to do is go into the barn and just go straight to the horse, and I'll just stay in the stable, just stroking him or checking him out to make sure he's fine, and then just start brushing him. I winter coat, an hour and a half to come off <laughs> with the shedding uh, <laughs> device, but the time just flew, and I've heard many other people say that it's uh, uh, a calming experience for them or therapeutic or riding does that for them. I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested in, in how Ken feels and Mona feels because I think there are a lot of people who feel that way. I would definitely have to agree. I bet you if you uh, measured my blood pressure, it goes down when I'm at the barn. The, the, the world of the, the world, the problems of the world uh, disappear when I'm at the barn. Yeah. For me, I don't have to go on a holiday. I just have to go to the barn. Oh, I agree with that. I definitely I agree, agree also. I, uh, being away from horses for so long, it was 10 years before I even had the nerve to go see a horse again. And I just walked into the barn and the smell and the air and the horses just munching on their hay. Just, uh, it brought back everything. The feeling of and as calm you- and just, being home. And as you go into the barn more frequently where you are in Georgia, there will be good memories and there will be bad memories. And you will take your time going back to it, Mona. Yeah. Yeah. And find some, some peace in it and some satisfaction. Sure. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. If you want. Well, um... Horses was my mom's thing, and then it was my thing, and we did it together, yeah. and my dad left when I was young, so it was just me and my mom, and, uh, sorry, she, okay. um, she was in an accident with one of our horses, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, always, it's been so hard, and, um, I just got rid of them, I just couldn't look at them anymore. And I sold them and our trailer and our truck, and I used the money to pay for her funeral. And then I just turned away. So it's been hard coming back. But it's something that you want to do. Oh, I can hear that. And stay away. In your... Yeah. And why is it you think that you can't stay away? I don't know. Horses are, I don't know, they're like a mirror. You look at them, and they look at you with their big eyes, and they just know. Yes, and then it'll be something that'll give you peace and happiness with your children as you move, but you do it in a slow fashion. And then it'll come back to you, all the joy that you had in the past. And I'm sure there are other people that feel similarly, too. Uh, I had fallen off my horse, and I was very afraid to get back on. And everybody had said to me not to do it, and then I said I have to, and then my trainer said just get back on and do it. And that's you just take one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there in lies the beauty of the horses. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, you have to do it very slowly. <laughs> right. It's been it's sometimes been... difficult finding the right trainer and the right horse to do it on. You know what? That's that's true. Whether you you know whether you had the situation you had or not, I mean, um, that's a tough thing for anybody is finding the right trainer. And you're going to go through a couple before you you come to the right one. And you know, I, I you had let me know about your mom's situation. And you know what? Your mom would want you to get back in the barn um, because she was a horse girl. You know, and that's what uh, that's what she would have wanted. Um, she would have wanted the same thing. And I think so too. And it's just one step at a time. Start with going and just grooming horses, being around them and stay in your comfort zone. Hmm. Yeah. Well, but again, I, I definitely can't stay away. <laughs> well, and let's get, no. a, let's get a bomb proof one and not one off of Craigslist. Like we read every Friday. Okay. So <laughs> that's, 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 oh, this is so true. <laughs> So true. Let's not go green on green here, Mona. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or get a thoroughbred. I'd like Jamie, a Mustang like Jamie did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh not, my we're God. not going to Nevada for that. She's very brave. <laughs> very brave. But again, it's, but it's, it's but it just sounds moving like forward. that horse. But it sounds like that Mustang is more bomb-proof than just about anything else. It's true. Well, that's what you hear about on the air, though. <laughs> you don't always hear about what's going on off the air. So, uh, I got a little pony well, I'd love true. to send your way on occasion. Let me tell you, <laughs> your kids would love him when he's not tearing the place apart. <laughs> I came across a video of Scooter in that uh, water swale. I guess it was after a storm. Yep. Yep. And I put it on my Facebook today because I thought it was the cutest thing. Moni, you should take a look at it. He's just rolling in the water. And I just thought it was so funny. You really that, funny. That video went over a million views. Um, oh, my wow. God. <laughs> that just a little, wow. that little video of him rolling in the water was the most viral thing we've ever had. And isn't that why we love them? Yep. And that's why we're drawn to the horses. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. That's for sure. Hey, I got a question for you. I asked the last time, and I love asking this question. So now, if you had all the money in the world, you just won the lottery, what breed of horse would you get? What horse would you buy, Ken? Ooh. Oh, that's really hard. So you could um, buy anything you wanted. Maybe, well, I absolutely love the horse I have now. Um uh, I, if it, if it was a, another horse, so I'm buying horse number two, uh, probably maybe like an Andalusian. Oh, that's a good that's choice. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's, that's, that's never a bad choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> you too, Ellen? You're going Andalusian? Oh, yes. They're just so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Yes, I love my guy, but I just think Andalusians are just so gorgeous to look at. Etc. Uh, you know, again, I, I don't. I'm I'm a chronic beginner rider. Walk trot is my thing. Around the arena, out to the back arena, etc. I just can't imagine getting on an Andalusian. That would just be fabulous. Well, you're allowed to own two. You know, that two's allowed. It's okay. <laughs> Not according to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, five. Yeah, you know, you know, the well, same. Who cares? <laughs> so, all right, Mona. What what breed? Uh, I'm I'm a dressage girl, so it, it, it'd be an Andalusian or a big form blood of some sort. Ooh. 
I love, I like the big swinging steps, you know, and the, it's just like floating. I, I actually had the pleasure of riding in Andalusian um, when, I, when I first started in 2010 after I got some nerve up from listening to Stable Scoop. I went to a barn near here, and there's this really nice lady who had an Andalusian, and I guess she saw me drooling at him. And oh, she wow. asked me if I wanted to ride him, and, and <laughs> I was like, yes, I'll ride him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and she let me ride him for about 30 minutes, and he was a dream. Oh, my. You know, I think it's ironic that you got up enough nerve to ride horses after listening to Stable Scoop and Helena, who's broken more bones than any other host we have. I think it was around when she was with her broken leg. <laughs> oh, my God. She's broken her you leg, know. her arm. I mean, I, I'm surprised anybody rides after listening to Helena. Uh. <laughs> I like listening to her. She's got a great voice, and I don't know. I'd, I'd love to meet her yeah. today. Get that girl some Velcro. She's a trip. She is a trip. And she is very, you know, her Italianness does not come across as much as it is on the air. She is so uh-huh. Italian, and she's so Italian mama. I mean, she just is, is a, I just can't describe it enough. She talks with her hands, and she gets loud. She's just Italian, and you know, we love her. Of course, hey, she's, hey, hey, I'm half Italian, Glenn. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and you're both from New York, right? I'm talking with my hands now. <laughs> and you're both from New York. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize she was from New York. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I try to hide my New York accent, but it's a coming through. She has stories of uh, going out on dates when she was a teenager and how, yeah, I don't think her family was connected, but they, you know, they were one or removed from connected, and <laughs> that she used to go on dates and there would always be somebody in the corner watching. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you must have felt very safe. <laughs> Just... <laughs> imagine her at a diner and there's a guy in the background waiting to whack someone with a cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, I, I was wondering how everyone deals with um, the weather changes that we have. I know it's, it's hard to ride in the wintertime and, and even the summertime when it's very hot. I guess especially up in Canada, huh, Ken? Well, yeah, I mean, our weather is very similar to what you would have in New York State there, but definitely um, indoor riding arenas required and yeah. a lot of bundling up and um, a lot of um, warming up and cooling down, um, especially the cooling down is very important um, after a good workout and it's cold and, um, you know, a lot of... Um, Half sheets and coolers are involved too. Um, yeah, some, sometimes we wind up clipping the horses to a certain way. I don't know a lot about that, but certainly the the owners and the trainers at my boarding barn know what to do. Different types of clipping, and we have different blankets that go on at different times too. Which ones are thicker and which ones are thinner, etc. Yeah, yeah, and definitely uh, by the time this this um, spring rolls around the owners and the horses are absolutely ready to get out of the indoor arena. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. The same, same four walls get a little dull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who do, you know, ride outside in the snow and stuff like that. And uh, I have before, but holy smackers, you got to bundle up for that. 
but it is really good exercise for the horses, especially deep snow. Um, it's a really good uh, muscle building exercise for them. Wow. You see, I didn't even know that, but I do know that sometimes some of the horses require special, um, I don't know if they're called snowshoes, but the farriers have to put on a special shoe. And some of the horses that board outside all winter, not all the horses are indoor up oh, in our boarding barn. Oh, yeah. We have both options, rough board outside. And yeah, we it's not usually the shoe. Winter. It's not usually the shoe. What they usually do is put something beside the shoe, like to the inside oh, like of the pad. shoe. Yeah. Like a pad yeah. so that the snow right. doesn't uh, snowball in their shoe. And then that yeah. really causes a problem. Then they can injure their foot and stuff like that. Is, well, my is guy, it is issue with snow or is that just ice? And we don't get any snow here in Georgia. It rarely <laughs> gets under freezing. But how do you ride in the summertime? You must have to ride really early in the morning or really late at night. Yeah, you around here, you can't really do anything between 10 a.m. and like 5 p.m. in the summer. Wow. Like today, we had a heat index of 107, and <laughs> it's just too hot to do anything. Having a lit arena is nice because then you can just ride in the evening or at night. Oh, see, I never thought of And a that. lot of the horses go, uh, they're staying in the barn during the day with fans and misters and everything, and yeah. then at night, let them do turnout. That's uh, what we have. We have reverse hot. turnout. Yeah. Makes such a difference for them. And then when they come in in the morning, they're very mellow, and you can just get a quick ride in at like 7.30 in the morning, 8 a.m., and then they stay in all day, and then they go out again at night. Makes for happy horse. It does. Yeah. And then in the wintertime, you get flopped again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have to. It doesn't really get cold here. Yeah, we have to uh, do all of our riding before like nine, because uh, it just gets so hot and humid that you just have to do that. Uh, yeah. Oh wow! And even in the evenings, like last night when I went outside, it was ninety-one degrees at nine thirty. So, <laughs> so you you, you wow. really have to do it in the morning. That's the only really cool time. Um, Jamie just sent yeah. me her forecast today. They're going to be one hundred and fifteen Thursday and Friday. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> it's a dry. It's heat. a dry heat. <laughs> oh, you know, my brother lives in Vegas. They say the same thing. It's a dry heat. It's not so bad. It's still oh 115 freaking degrees. <laughs> That's correct. Way too hot wow. for me. Uh, now, when it, you have such hot temperatures, how can you make sure that your horses are hydrated enough? Well, that is what ah. you do have to be careful. Of that we have automatic waterers here. So yeah. you outside you can't tell, and that that's not yeah. good. So it's it's what Mona said. We bring them in a lot during the day, and then we watch uh, what they drink. Plus, we give them we give them our own concoction. We give them what we call soup. We just put a little bit of we just take some uh, alfalfa pellets, mm-hmm. and we yeah. just mm-hmm. uh, we dissolve them in water. Put like yeah. a half a you know two or three gallons of water and dissolve them in there, and then we give them that. They think it's soup and they love it. They slurp it up. So we'll do that yeah. uh, once or twice a day. Uh, we have automatic waters, and sometimes the Himalayan salt licks we put up. Um, it's something that you really have to watch. Yeah, you know, sure I, I love automatic waters as a horse husband. Because you yeah. don't have to carry buckets or do hoses, but yeah. not knowing what they drink is 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 bad. You know, yeah. yeah. So we check them. We do the old skin test too, 
you know, oh, okay, yeah. our hydration because that does really does work. Mm-hmm. And if they're inside, we look to see how many times they've pooped, how many times they've peed. You can kind of tell in the straw. Outside, not so much, but that's generally how we tell, too. And there's always a staff member. I'm just lucky I have a great boarding barn. There's always a staff hmm. member or the owner is there to check on them. Now, you guys yeah. get hot up there. You'll get hot up uh, your way even in Canada. I guess not that hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not that hot. Yeah. No. Yeah. But you have and, mosquitoes uh, the size of elephants. Not where I am. No? Okay. No. Well, that's good. I you just... probably have more bugs and stuff down in Florida, I would think. Well, I, you know, I've been to uh, Minnesota uh, in, in the summer, and they just have mosquitoes that are unbelievable. But they're near, more near the lakes. I don't know mm-hmm. how it is for you, Ellen. But, uh... No, we have mostly flies. The mosquitoes are not too bad. Um, we have a pond on the, the premises of the boarding barn, but uh, it's more the flies. So I tend to use the natural sprays, which I prefer, but we have to worry about Lyme disease. That's what we have to worry about up there. Oh. There's a lot of deer around. Yeah. So you worry about Glenn that. Glenn knows all about. Too. Right. Glenn I know knows all about. I had yeah. Lyme. <laughs> yeah, and I had Lyme last year, um, and I just went through a scare with my guy, but he's fine. Um, and you just... Try and, and keep them clean and um, spray them. We might put on a fly sheet or a fly mask. And again, it comes down to vigilance. I mean, the horse is, is, uh, is a family member to us. And so it's either yeah. me or my daughter checking or even the stable hands or the owner of the stable. It, you've just got to pay attention to it. And there are other barns that are co-ops. So you might have a group of owners, like a, uh, a group of four gals, who take turns doing all these things on all the different horses so that everybody's taken care of, et cetera. And, and that's important. And, um, and we do it because we love it. It's a passion um, mm-hmm. to take care of them. And you just deal with the environment um, as hmm. best you can. Yeah. No I do have one are. question. I do have one question for Glenn living in Florida. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard of um, sand colic. In mm-hmm. Florida. Yep. That's true? Yep, that's true. Because, you know, you feed them, they're eating grass all the time, and, and all we have no no tur- we have no dirt. It's all sand. So our whole farm is nothing but sand, and which is really nice, by the way, after it rains, because in a half an hour, you can't tell it rained. We have no mud either. Uh, so we have no mud at all. Imagine that. Oh, uh, that'd that, be nice. That wow. is a lovely thing. <laughs> uh, because the sand, when it dries, you just go, and it's off. You don't have to worry about yeah. it. But uh, we do have sand colic, something we worry about. And they do they do make uh, products for that that you, you give them in their feed. Uh, and we use flax, actually. Uh, ground flax is also good for helping them avoid sand colic. So oh, wow. that's what we use. We use ground flax, and we'll give them a scoop of that uh, once a day. Does that, like, flush the sand out yes. of their system? Yes. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that. And actually, Dr. Ellen might be able to talk to that more than me. But, um, but it does keep, the, keep that flushed out. And actually, the product that they sell, selenium, is also that. That's also what it does. It's, just, it's similar to the flax, although the flax also does, you know, does other good things for them. So, um, yeah, we use flaxseed in humans, absolutely. And what's it do I to the know, di- digestion? What's it do? It just helps keep the yeah, digestion going? Yeah, it just helps going? push it through. It okay. just helps push it through and make sure that um, peristalsis is maintained. Um, and that with hydration, that's the other key. 
Um, but I didn't know anything about sand college. Oh, yeah. and that and it happened. You, you know, I, there, it's very common down here, actually, for, for people yeah. who aren't doing something like that, because they are ingesting a lot of sand even when they're just eating grass. Uh, you, sand gets in everything, but I'll still take the sand over the mud. I'll still I'll take oh, that. that. Yeah, that's messy. <laughs> I'll take that any day. A little sand in the house is fine with me. Well, we've lost Mona. I think her battery must have died because I can't get her back. So we'll just, it's a good time to wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you so much for listening to the shows. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate our active listeners, and, and we wish more of them would do that. If you're out there and you don't communicate with us on Facebook or drop us emails, we love to get them. And we love to hear feedback. I know everybody thinks we just say that, but we really do. <laughs> so. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was fun to be on. Thanks very much. Well, thank yes, you. Yes, thank you very much, Glenn. Thank you, Dr. Allen. Ken, I never did ask you what you do for a living up there. Um, and I'm an office manager okay, for cool. a small company. Do you sneak in yeah, uh, listens during work? Um, yes, and when I'm driving. <laughs> Cool. You notice how he went right over that in case somebody's listening from work? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that out, Ken. Don't worry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, Thanks for listening. Again. It was fun. Take care. Keep we'll be back listening. again with another one. Awesome. Thanks to all Thank you very okay. much. Bye, Ken. Cheers. Cheers.